Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Is it not good to be in church together? Come on. Welcome to everybody who has joined us in the building, some visitors, some, some family. It is so good to see you in the building. So I wanna welcome you once again and also wanna welcome everybody that's watching online. It is so good to be, uh, to be able to do church with you this way. Uh, I'm actually in your living room with you right now, which is actually really awesome. Um, but I wanna say, what an incredible day to be alive. Youth take over, come on, where are the youth at? Just make some noise, come on. Amen. And baby dedications, it's so awesome to see this generation rise up, man. I cannot wait to see this next generation rise up in a very powerful, very strong church. And so I'm really, really, really excited for today. And um, Pastor Dylan Tess, it is always such a pleasure to do life with you. It is always such a, it's such a pleasure to work alongside you and to build church alongside you. And so we wanna honor you and we wanna celebrate you. Thank you for believing in the next generation. And uh, thank you for not just believing in us, but thank you for giving us a platform to stand on. Thank you for sowing financially into the next generation to see us rise up and to step into everything that God has for us. And so church, can we put our hands together for Pastor Dill Tess, the leadership of the church, and honor them and just thank them. Amen, amen. So my name is John, I'm the youth pastor here at Link Church, and I'm super excited and very privileged to be able to share a word with you on a Sunday. Come on, somebody. Jeepers, you gave the youth pastor a chance to preach on Sunday. You must have a lot of faith. <laughs> and um, man, I'm, I'm excited to preach to you today. And I obviously have a word for you because if I didn't, then it would be pretty awkward to just me be up here standing here doing nothing. And so I've got a message prepared for you. And um, if you're taking notes, and I pray that you are, uh, my message is titled, Hold That Thought. It should come up on the screen. Hold That Thought. So comment in the comment section right now. Would you just comment, Hold That Thought? If you're in the building, would you just look to your neighbor, don't touch them, <laughs> and just say, hold that thought. Don't touch them. Just hold that thought. Because I've realized this, as human beings, we've got about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts that runs through our minds every single day. That's a lot of thoughts, guys. How many of those thoughts are good? How many of them are positive? How many of them, how many of them are negative? And how many of them do we need to take captive? How many of them do we need to take to captive, captive? So I wanted, to, I wanted to preach on this topic, hold that thought. I've realized that as Christians, it is possible to be saved, to be set free, to be healed in the spirit, but still have some work to do in the mind. And I believe so much that God wants to remind us today that we ought to stop worrying about whether we are saved or not. We need to stop worrying about whether we are under God's grace or not, because we are. We need to stop worrying about whether God loves us or not. But we need to get into a, 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 a process of, of working on aligning our mind with God's mind, with His purposes and His plans that He has for you. I believe God wants to transform like a potter at the wheel your thinking, your thinking, that your thinking may come into agreement with the very Word of God, that we may start to fully believe that He is in control and that His Word never, ever returns void. That's the one thing that we can trust in forever. I pray that God's thoughts would start to become your thoughts, that what God sees, you'll start to see, that what God feels, you'll start to feel. And that what God speaks, you'll start to speak with a faith that goes far beyond what a human mind can understand. 
I'm sure that most of us have experienced a moment in, a moment in time at some point in our lives where it seemed like our minds play tricks on us. I don't know if you've ever experienced this before online. I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've, um, you know when you're laying in bed at night and you stare at your curtain and you're wondering, is the curtain moving? So no jokes, yesterday when I was in the auditorium, I was here on my own uh, last night and there was no one in the auditorium, no one in the church. And I'm walking across the stage and I see just a little glimmer of light coming from the door there and it looked as if someone ducked under the chair. And I thought to myself, is someone else in the building? <laughs> and I know our staff team are crazy like that, they'll come and scare you. They'll do it. They'll do it. And I'm just thinking to myself, does somebody else come in that I don't know of? And at some point, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a fright of my life. For example, uh, myself and my beautiful wife, Jordan, got married on the 21st of March, 2016. And uh, love you, baby. And we went to our honeymoon destination, Plettenberg Bay, for two weeks of just honeymoon and relax and chill. And it was supposed to be an incredible time, and it was. But we get to this destination. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's called Kierboomstrand. I don't know if some of you English people can say Kierboomstrand. And um, so we get there, it's, a, it's, a, it's Jordan's uncle's house. It's a, a uh, three-story, five-bedroom log cabin house. And we just thought, man, this is gonna be the best honeymoon ever. And uh, we, we rock up the complex. The complex was about 35 of these log cabin houses. And um, on the first day, we, we roll in and we see the house and we see that there's no cars in any of the, in any of the driveways. The second day we realize there's still no cars in any of the driveways and there are no lights on in any of these houses. And so we realize on day three that it is only you and me, baby, in this 35 house complex and it's a, it's a three story, five bedroom house and it is just the two of us. Day two, we had coffee at a little coffee shop and someone was talking about break-ins happening at Kierboomstrand and here we are, oh my goodness. It is supposed to be two weeks of holiday, and here's the two of us in this massive house. Day four comes, you know, because we're newly married, you know, we jump into bed and we tell each other how much we love each other. And it's like, I love you, baby, and I love you, baby, and I love you, baby. And as our heads hit the pillow, we can hear the ocean in the background. It's a peaceful, peaceful noise. And all of a sudden I hear something on the first level of the house. Or did I hear something? And I think to myself, no, it can't be anything my head back to sleep and then I hear another noise and I think to myself okay that's a little bit more serious so I look at the door and I go is the door moving is it gonna move and I stare at the door for long enough to realize that it's not moving so I go okay cool if the door's not moving I'm gonna look at the curtain because if there's a breeze or someone the curtain will move so I look at the curtain and I realize the curtain's not moving and so I'm like okay it can't be serious. So I get the manpower because I'm newly married, you know, I'll show my wife I'm the man of the house. I'm gonna go check us out. I'm gonna go check us out. And so I, I get up and I walk to the window. And all of a sudden I hear a screech-like sound on the window and I'm thinking to myself, Lord, someone's breaking in. We're about to die. It's gonna be the worst moment of our lives. And, and, and I get a little bit more confidence and I open up the window just a little bit more, the curtain, and I realize the window is open, the wind was blowing, a little breeze came in, it moved the door, it moved the curtain, and the screech-like sound on the window was simply just a branch tickling the window, but in my head I had made up scenarios of what all this could have been and what was supposed to be two weeks of incredible holiday turned into five days of baby, we need to get to civilization. 
We need to get up out of here because I don't know, because our minds just go and play tricks and just goes and play tricks. And here's what I want you to realize. I want you to realize that sometimes and most times, God has you right where He needs you to be for blessing, for anointing, for restoration, for impartation, for new life and life in the fullness. He has you right where you need to be. But sometimes we respond to life in our carnal man mindset. You know carnal man mindset? It's totally safe but operating in the natural process. And the enemy sees that and takes advantage of that opportunity and somehow convinces you and I to book out of where we need to be just before breakthrough. Jordan and I were supposed to be there for two weeks and have an incredible time to rest up for our new season. But our minds just kept running about what could happen. Sometimes God has you right where He needs you to be to give you new life. Don't allow the enemy to get into your thought process to book you out just before breakthrough happens. I built this church, it's been 10 years, I haven't seen uh, Revelation, Revolution, I haven't seen all this, what I hoped for, I don't know if God's in this, hold that thought. I went to the doctor, he diagnosed me, I don't know if God's gonna save me, I don't know if, if I have more life left, I don't know if God's in this, hold that thought. That's not what God wants. I don't know about this, I don't know about this relationship. I don't have enough money to buy my wife an amazing big ring to tell her father that I am good for her. Uh, I don't have enough finances. Hold that thought, it's a perfect relationship. You'll buy your wife that ring one day. Just get engaged, go for it, hold that thought. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, church. A sound mind, you know what a sound mind is? one that believes in the very word of Jesus Christ and is not moved or shaken by what the world says. That's a sound mind. And this is what I've learned. We have to catch ourselves in a moments of carnal man thinking and say to ourselves, hold that thought. You'll never truly be still if you don't hold that thought. You'll never truly have peace if you don't stop that thought. And you'll never truly proceed if you don't hold that thought. What I'm sure of is this, we all have a fear, an anxiety, a worry or a stress that when looked at from a carnal man or natural man perspective, it makes total sense to feel stressed. It makes total sense to feel worried. But when looked at from heaven's perspective, it makes no sense. It makes no sense when looked at from heaven's perspective. Church, there are some thoughts that are trying to paralyze people's mobility to operate in the freedom that God has for them. But I wanna say this over myself, over the team, over you, over everyone listening online right now. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is his thoughts in my headspace and in my heart than the thoughts that the world is trying to project onto me and onto the church. Greater is His ways for you, sir. Greater is His plans for you, ma'am. Greater is His purposes for you. Believe and trust in the Lord. In Philippians 4, 4 to 7, I love, Paul is reminding us of what we need to do when we get into a space of fear, anxiety, depression, or um, irrational thinking. I love Paul. In Philippians 4, 4 to 7, in the New King James Version, see I'm moving up in the world, not the NIV, New King James. Mm. It says this, it says this, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Can we just take a moment right there? 
just to rejoice and thank God for bringing us through this pandemic. We are level one, somebody. Rejoice always. Church, may your faith never change. May your faith be the same in the valleys low as if it would be on the mountain tops. Jesus is always in control, so I will rejoice in every season of my life. It doesn't matter where I am. It continues to say, let your gentleness be made known to all. The Lord is at hand. It says this, I love Paul. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is Paul speaking. He's, he's, He's telling us to do some crazy things. Paul is saying, be anxious for nothing. I'm saying, be anxious for nothing. You know, what, you know where Paul was when he was writing this? Some of you may know, I, th- I think a lot of you know, but he was writing this from a prison cell. The brother is locked up again. <laughs> like Paul knew all the prison cells, he knew all the security guards. When, when Paul went to prison, he walked in and said, hey Dave, Dave said, hey Paul, prison cell A1? No, no, I'd like A2, please. Tea? Yes, one sugar? Shot, I'll see you in your prison cell. Paul was just famous for being in prison. If you didn't know that Paul was sold out for Jesus and the local church, you would think that Paul was a a sold out criminal, okay? But he wasn't, he was sold out for Jesus. But he's writing this and he's saying, be anxious for nothing, be anxious for nothing. Here's what I need you to get. The prison cell that was supposed to produce fear and anxiety will become the very place that produces faith and anticipation for what God is gonna do next in your life. All it requires is a perspective shift. Can I get an amen in the house? So what thoughts are you dealing with? What thoughts are trying to cripple your mobility? What thoughts do you need to take captive? When is it that you need to say, hold that thought? hold up, I can't think like that anymore. I need to think positive things. I need to think of God things. I need to think about what God wants for me and for my life. I can't ponder on the negative. I need to move towards the positive. You need to say, hold that thought. And if you're anything like me, you would realize, if you're anything like me, being a human being, you would realize that taking your thoughts captive is not an easy thing. Can I get an amen? Okay. It takes a lot of emotional energy to stop yourself in a moment from thinking something negatively or continuing to think in a negative space. Because as human beings, hey, we love to feel sorry for ourselves. We love to just think about the negative. Lord, help me please, Jesus. And God is going, that's not who I called you to be, young man. That's not who I called you to be. But it's hard to take your thoughts captive. You know what gave me a little bit of faith to say that I'm not doing too bad? And that made me realize that you are not doing too bad either, is in Mark chapter 4, 35, the disciples dealt with the same thing. Except the disciples had Jesus in the flesh. We got Jesus in the spirit. The disciples could see faith. We can't. We gotta feel it in our hearts and in our souls. And the disciples dealt with the same thing. And it says this in Mark chapter 4, 35 to 40, it says this, that day, When evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Can I just stop right there and just say that that is a very important thing to take note of in the scripture. Let us go over to the other side. I don't know if you're listening online or maybe you're in the room and God wants to say to you, let us go over to the other side because perhaps you've been operating in life in the natural man process, the natural man thinking. The natural man is born into a human family. 
and thinks everything that is godly or spiritual is foolishness. The natural man believes one plus one equals two. It's natural, it's the way that it goes. Perhaps you've been operating in a carnal mindset, a carnal way of living. Carnal man is I am saved by Jesus Christ, but I'm still operating and thinking the way that the natural man thinks. Lord, you can have everything of my life, but don't touch my finances, I'll take control of that. Lord, you can have every part of my life, but don't mess with my business, God. I know how to do that better. Let me take control of that. And I think perhaps God is saying to some of you listening online or maybe in the building, why don't you jump in the boat with me, ma'am? Why don't you jump in the boat with me, sir? Let's go over to the other side. Let's get you into a spiritual man thinking, a spiritual man lifestyle, and you'll see what I'll do in and through you. It goes on to say in verse 36, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious war came up and the waves broke against the boat and so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping. Can we just take another pause? <laughs> Jesus was in the stern sleeping, not just sleeping, but he was on a cushion. Just think about that for a moment. There's a storm happening around outside. The disciples are freaking out and Jesus is calm as can be. You know what the scripture tells me? That Jesus was in the stern. He was covered. He was not trying to get rest. He was actually getting rest. He was not uncomfortable. He was on a pillow, loving the sleep, loving the sleep in the midst of chaos. Uh, church, when Jesus Christ is alive inside of your heart and mind, it does not matter what goes on around you. You will rest peacefully because Jesus is within you. Psalm 4 verse 8, go read it. It is an incredible psalm. It goes on to say, the disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Seriously, seriously, you're gonna ask Jesus that? <laughs> Verse 39, he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves and said, uh, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Do you still have no faith? And at first when I read this, I thought to myself, is Jesus tuning his disciples? Is he like, Oaks, please, bro. <laughs> like, you seen all the miracles I just did. Well, like, where's your faith at? And I thought to myself, perhaps Jesus was saying to them, uh, disciples, you actually could have left me sleeping in the stern. If, you're, if you believed what I said and you believed in my word, you yourself could say to the wind and the waves of life, quiet be still, quiet, be still. See, sometimes I think that we uh, are trying to wake and shake Jesus to remind him or to show him what we are going through. Lord, look at what I'm going through. And so often, more often than not, I think Jesus is trying to awaken your faith belief so that you may be empowered to declare to you the winds and the waves of your heart and your mind, quiet, be still. Because the Bible tells me the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that lives in you. So you're not saying be quiet in your own strength. The Spirit of the Lord is alive and active in your life. You have the power, not because of you, not because of your authority, but because of the authority that Jesus Christ has given you to freely use. Quiet, be still. I'm taking my thoughts captive today. Amen. I'm gonna give you just three things that I thought that it, it, it would be good to evaluate in your life. Three things. Number one, the voices we listen to. 
the voices we listen to, the voices we allow to speak into our lives can either create anxiety or it can bring about peace. If we eat a steady diet of what the media offers, we shouldn't be surprised when we get stomach ache. <laughs> Natural and carnal voices can stir up the winds and the waves while the voice of Jesus has the power to calm the storms of your life. What are the voices that you are allowing to speak into your lives and who are you listening to? The second thing is simply the words that we use. The words we speak and think can create peace or anxiety. God created the world with words and our words also create atmospheres in which we reside and live in. Speaking negatively over our circumstances will drown us in the wake of our own words. Speaking positively over your circumstances, we will start to dance in the deep. We will start to dance in the valley because God is not just on the mountaintop calling us there. He is in the valley with you and He is pulling you there. That's how good God is. Point number three, the expectations we have. We can get very anxious and worried and stressful when we think that becoming a Christian or now being a Christian life is gonna be simple, it's gonna be easy and smooth sailing. No, not necessarily, but we should prepare for opposition. The key is to prepare for the day by speaking positive, achievable expectations over your own life over your workspace, over your business, over your family, over your spouse, over your marriage, over your church. Speak positive, achievable expectations. Your expectation is God's invitation to change the atmosphere in which you live in. And this is why I find that scripture in Philippians 4 so fascinating because Paul knew this. He knew something different. That's why Paul was okay with being in prison. And when Paul was writing that scripture, I wonder, he probably thought, well, what else could I add to the scripture that would put some faith in the hearts and minds of people? And he looked around while he was in prison and he saw prison walls and he saw bars and security guards and chains. And he, and he writes, and the peace of God, which transcends all your understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But all he sees is four walls. What? It's insane to me the peace of God which transcends all understanding. What was supposed to be Paul's understanding? There's four walls around me. I'm not getting out of this. Sometimes that's what we think. Sometimes when we think about it too long, it settles in our heart and it becomes a belief. I will not get out of this. That should have been Paul's thinking. What should have been Paul's understanding? I see bars, I see gates. I'm not gonna get through this. Sometimes that's where we are. Maybe you've believed that you're not gonna get through a certain situation. Maybe you've believed that you're not gonna get that job. Or maybe you believe that when you uh, propose to that girl, she's gonna say no, <laughs> pray against that, okay? I hope it works out. <laughs> but it should have been his understanding. He looked perhaps at his chains around his hands and around his feet. And maybe he should have rather thought, I'm not gonna break free from this. Maybe there's some people listening online or in the room and you're thinking, man, I've got an addiction and I'm not gonna break free from this. That should have been Paul's understanding, but instead it was not. He says, and the peace of God, which transcends all my reality, all of what's going on around me, the peace will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Come on, church. When negativity comes your way, you gotta say, hold that thought. 
When fear tries to tie you up, you've got to say, hold that thought. When negative news hits you, you've got to say, hold that thought. When gossip surrounds you, you've got to say, hold that thought. Let it stop when it gets to you. Let it not pass through you. When your home life doesn't look good, you've got to say, hold that thought. When your finances aren't looking like double digits, you gotta say, hold that thought and understand and know who your provider is. Jesus Christ, the light of life. And when Jesus gives you a sustaining word, say, I'm gonna hold on to that thought. Because Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth and I am the life. And whoever believes in me will not perish, but have everlasting life. Church, the life that God wants for you is a life of freedom and excitement. Get back in the game. Hold, take captive those negative thoughts that perhaps are swirling around in your, in your mind and speak positive things over them. Can we stand to our feet? We're gonna pray. Everyone online, you can just shift a little bit in your seat at home, but we're gonna, we're gonna take a moment to pray because I really do believe that when Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side, maybe, Maybe it's your thinking that needs to just go over to the other side. Maybe it's, it's from a natural man, you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior and God is calling you, come on, get in my boat. I'm gonna take you to the other side. I'm gonna show you what life really is all about. And I'll show you how exciting it can really be and how free it should really be. Or maybe you have been saved, but you've held on to some things because of a negative mindset or a negative thought process and God is saying, release that right now. Let me take care of that. Let me handle that and I will show you a better way. So come on, we're gonna pray. Everyone close your eyes and bow your heads. And if you have faith in your, in your heart, you can raise your hands. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm gonna pray right now for every single person in the room and every single person listening online. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for your sustaining word. I thank you that your word never returns void. I thank you for the plans and purposes that you have for every single person in this room and every single person that is listening online in their living room, Father. God, I pray against the enemy schemes right now and against negative thought patterns and against negative news and negative media. And I pray that you would renew our minds, that it may transform us every day to think clearer and to think positively because of you, Father. I pray that over every single person, a restored mind, a renewed mind, and a belief that will not be shaken, that the enemies. <laughs> that, the, that the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against it. In the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, new thought patterns, new thought processes. Father, I wanna pray right now for every single person who's perhaps lived in the natural, who's never taken a step into your boat to take, to take them to the other side, Father. They've never accepted you as Lord and Savior. Maybe there's a couple of people in the room. Maybe there's a couple of people online. But I wanna pray for you right now. If you feel like that's you, you've been operating in the natural, you thought that spiritual stuff is, is, is foolishness, I wanna pray for you right now. I wanna give you the opportunity to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior for the first time. 
get into the boat and let Jesus take you over to the other side. So come on, if that's you in the room, if that's you online, I'm gonna count to three. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand with faith in your heart. One, Jesus loves you, man. <laughs> Two, today is your day. Get into the boat. Three, raise your hand if that is you. In the building, online, I'll give you a moment. And we're gonna declare right now a big thank you for what God is doing in the lives of young people in this room, in the lives of people in this room, and the lives of people listening online. You can put your hand down and we're gonna pray this together as a family. Come on, everybody say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Today, I choose to follow you. Would you lead me? Would you guide me? Would you protect me? Would you anoint me? Would you place your Holy Spirit inside of me? Would you be the Lord and the Savior of my life now and forevermore? In Jesus' name, and everybody declared, amen, amen, and amen. Can we celebrate with a couple of people in the room and a couple of people online? Come on, raise your voice, church. Put your hands together. Come on, it says that the heavens are celebrating with every single person who has given their life to Jesus. So church, I pray that you have been absolutely blessed today. I pray that you have been blessed today with the Word. And I pray that there's something of today that you would hold on to and live out in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.